Good evening. I'm Anthony Robustelli, author of I Want to Tell You, The Definitive Guide to the Music of the Beatles, and this is the Beatles' multi-track meltdown. Each week I'll be playing stripped-down, deconstructed mixes of classic Beatles songs, highlighting different instruments and vocals in a way that will truly amaze you. Imagine sitting in the control room at EMI Studios and having the opportunity to peel away the layers of a song, discovering new elements that you never knew existed. This is the closest you can get to that experience. So sit back, tune in, and enjoy the Beatles' multi-track meltdown. I'll make you maybe next time around. Tonight on the Beatles' multi-track meltdown, it's part one of the Get Back Sessions. After the Beatles completed work on the White Album on October 17, 1968, the group took a two-and-a-half-month break. There had been a lot of tension throughout the sessions, to the point that Ringo quit for almost two weeks and therefore did not participate in the recording of the first two songs on the LP, Back in the USSR and Dear Prudence. Of course, the next big idea for the Beatles came from Paul, and on January 2, 1969, the group reconvened in Twickenham Studios to be filmed rehearsing new material for a live television program, much like the Hey Jude promo film done in September 1968. But after such a tense atmosphere during the White Album sessions, which concluded only 11 weeks prior, old wounds were soon opened, and within eight days, George Harrison would quit the Beatles. Tonight, we're going to start with some rock and roll covers that the group played in their earliest days. Throughout the proceedings, they would often play half-hearted versions of some of their favorite songs, but would frequently forget lyrics and play incomplete versions of these classics. We're going to start with a song that the Beatles played at their failed Decca audition seven years and two days earlier on New Year's Day 1962. Three Cool Cats was a 1958 song written by Jerry Lieber and Mike Stoller and was originally recorded by the Coasters as the B-side of their hit single, Charlie Brown. George Harrison took the lead with some energetic backing vocals from Lennon and McCartney. Although this take is quite a bit slower than their original 1962 version, they still do an admirable job and actually make it through the entire song. We'll then hear a song written by Carl Perkins, Bill Cantrell, and Quentin Clanch, recorded by Perkins in December 1955, and planned for release as a follow-up to his single Blue Suede Shoes. But the song was not officially released until the 1957 Sun LP dance album of Carl Perkins. This was another song that the group originally performed at their Decca audition, and would go on to play on four separate occasions for their BBC radio appearances. It's interesting to hear George's wah-wah guitar passages on this take, and once again, it is played much slower than any of their early 60s recordings of the song. We'll follow with a rather spirited take on Chuck Berry's rock and roll music. The song was originally recorded in May 1957, and after its release in September, it reached number 6 on Billboard's R&B singles chart and number 8 on the Billboard Top 100 chart before year's end. The Beatles began playing the song in 1959, and it featured heavily in their sets in Hamburg and Liverpool. They would record it on one BBC radio appearance, on top of the pops, and when short for original material, they would tackle it for their fourth LP, Beatles for Sale, in 1964. The song was also part of their setlist on their final tour in 1966, and their June 30th performance from their show at the Budokan was shown in the Beatles anthology. Lennon starts the next song, Arthur Alexander's A Shot of Rhythm and Blues, on his own, but Ringo fills into the first chorus perfectly, and the rest of the band jumps right in. The song was written by Terry Thompson and released in the U.S. in 1961 and in the United Kingdom the following year as the B-side of You Better Move On. Johnny Kidd and the Pirates released it as a single in 1962, the same year the Beatles began performing it at live shows. They would record it three times for the BBC in 1963, and although the 1969 version is again slower than their more energetic 1963 takes, Lennon's vocal is still strong and the band tight, that is until the guitar solo. The song was also covered by Jerry and the Pacemakers, 
Cilla Black during her first recording session at EMI Studios, as well as Dave Edmonds, Van Morrison, and Linda Gale Lewis, and the Flaming Groovies. We'll finish off this part of the show with a wonderful Buddy Holly song, Crying, Waiting, Hoping, the 1959 B-side to Peggy Sue Got Married. There are actually three versions of Holly's recording in circulation, the 1959 commercial release, a 1964 reissue produced by Holly's manager Norman Petty with different orchestration, and Holly's original private home recording. Interestingly, the home recording serves as the basis for both other releases. After Holly's death on February 3, 1958, in the infamous plane crash that took the lives of both Richie Valens and J.P. the Big Bopper Richardson, his last six home recordings were given to producer Jack Hansen, who hired musicians and the Ray Charles singers to overdub parts onto Holly's original vocal and guitar demos recorded in apartment 4H of the Brevort on Fifth Avenue in Manhattan. The Beatles based their version on the 1959 release, the first after Holly's death, and began playing it in 1960 with George Harrison taking the lead vocals. The 1969 Get Back version shows how well John, Paul, and George could still harmonize together when Lennon could remember the lyrics. Sit back and listen to some classic rock and roll from the Beatles. Cement Mixers Guild like you to sing Walk, Don't Run. <laughs> Sink Slate 78.
127, camera A, roll 65.
January 21st, following a week's break and a band meeting on the 15th where George agreed to rejoin the group, the Beatles moved from Twickenham to their newly built studio in the basement of Apple headquarters at 3 Savile Row, one of the stipulations for George to come back. 
The group had actually met the day before to see what their friend Magic Alex had come up with for the studio, but after it was deemed useless, they borrowed gear from EMI Studios and began work on the afternoon of the 21st. The next day, keyboard player Billy Preston made his first appearance in the afternoon after being invited by George, and what a difference this made. Preston first met the Beatles in the early 60s when he was playing with Ray Charles, and his addition not only lightened the atmosphere, but added a dimension missing from many of the sessions before this. On January 23rd, the Beatles were treated to an impromptu piano and vocal performance by Billy Preston while they had tea. He played Use What You Got and You've Been Acting Strange from his 1970 LP, Encouraging Words, co-produced by Harrison. I Want to Thank You and Everything's Alright from his 1969 LP, That's the Way God Planned It, produced by Harrison and Together in Love and Love is the Thing to Me, two unreleased songs. Although the vocals are at times soft, and there are moments where there is a bit of talking above his performance, it's a real treat to hear such a remarkable musician, vocalist, and composer in such a laid-back setting. Sit back and enjoy some Billy Preston. Stick it on the floor. Thank you. 
good, so you can have it if you want. I've just got it, Mark. Or maybe it's George asked for it then.
hit me. During the Get Back sessions, Lennon, McCartney, and Harrison all recorded solo versions of older songs they had written or compositions they were currently working on. McCartney recorded the most of these, being that he was often first at the studio, followed by Harrison, who had so many new compositions that the majority of them would never be properly recorded by the Beatles and would end up on his three-LP masterpiece, All Things Must Pass, in 1970. We'll first hear the fourth song written for Peter and Gordon by McCartney. But for this composition, he used the pseudonym Bernard Webb to see if the song would be a success without the Lennon-McCartney moniker. Within two weeks, most people knew it was McCartney, with the first review of the record stating, this Bernard Webb has an amazing talent. Could even be Paul McCartney. It did become somewhat of a hit, reaching number 28 in the UK and number 14 in the US. It's interesting to hear McCartney talk about the original Peter and Gordon recording sessions during this take. We'll then fast forward to the earliest recording of Another Day, McCartney's first solo single. Although he had released his first album, McCartney, in 1970, no singles were released from the album at the time. Another day came from the Ram Sessions held in New York, but the song was not chosen by McCartney for the single. McCartney asked studio assistant Dixon Van Winkle to pick the single, and he was so in love with the song Another Day that that was his choice. And McCartney took his recommendation, and the song reached number two in the UK and number five in the US. Two McCartney songs that, in my opinion, would have made fantastic Beatle tracks. Done good, though. Thank you. 
I've still got the original thing of that. Because we did a great version the first time we did it. Only Gordon couldn't get the high notes and he was sort of... But it, it was all right though, it was okay. It was just we were so fussy, we thought, this is the song, you know, this is the one. And we were so fussy about it that uh, we chucked it, jacked it in, you know, and just let them go and do it again. But they did it the next time, it was a mammoth Peter and Gordon That's treatment. Right. You know. Remember it, Glenn? It's yeah. too, too sort of big and... It's nice. Yeah. First time we did it, it was little. It was great, you know, it was really...
I'm Anthony Robustelli, and we're back with the Beatles' multi-track meltdown and part one of the Get Back Sessions. In February of 1968, the Beatles went to Rishikesh, India to study transcendental meditation with Maharishi Mahesh Yogi, and in the process wrote the majority of the songs that would end up on the White Album. I'm Just a Child of Nature was one of these, and was originally recorded as an acoustic demo at George's Mansion in Escher in May of 68. It was passed over for the White Album, and eventually the lyrics were rewritten by Lennon, and the song appeared as Jealous Guy on his 1971 LP Imagine. However, he did work on the song a bit in January 69. For this version, I've melded together a take that Lennon and Harrison recorded during the first day's filming of the Get Back Sessions, January 2nd, with a full band recording from January 24th. We'll then move to a Lennon composition that was never professionally recorded or released, Madman. Madman was a song of Lennon's that was very similar to Mean Mr. Mustard, and made it evident that Lennon had hardly any compositions ready for the Get Back Sessions after the wealth of material he offered for the White Album. This version is a heavily edited mix from January 14th, the last day before George Harrison rejoined the Beatles after his departure on January 10th. On this day, McCartney took over lead guitar duties, and it's a blast to hear how differently he approached the lead guitar chair than Harrison did, and for such an extended period. Two Lennon tracks, written in 68 and performed in 69.
1969, George Harrison was a phenomenal songwriter, and his compositions he brought to the table during the Get Back sessions were arguably better than what either Lennon or McCartney had to offer. Still, most of his songs were considered second-rate to Lennon and McCartney's, and many songs that should have ended up on Abbey Road and Let It Be, including this one, were not released until his 1973 LP opus, All Things Must Pass. George played Let It Down throughout these sessions, but this edited version from January 29th shows some groovy Ringo drums, phenomenal organ from Billy Preston, and some interesting vocal harmonies from Paul. We'll then hear a Harrison composition that actually did get released as a Beatles song. Old Brown Shoe would become the B-side to The Ballad of John and Yoko, and this rehearsal from January 28th, featuring George on piano, presents the song in a rather complete fashion, quite close to what the released version would sound like. Two Fab Harris songs from January 
a love that's right And the right is only half of what's wrong I want your hurt, girl Sometimes was it twice as long Now I'm stepping out this old brown shoe Escaping from this zoo oh, Baby, I'm in love with you I'm so glad you came here It won't be the same now I'm telling you Middle late If I grow up, I'll be a singer I'm Anthony Robustelli, author of I Want to Tell You, The Definitive Guide to the Music of the Beatles, Volume 1, 1962-1963, and you've been listening to The Beatles' Multitrack Meltdown, Part 1 of the Get Back Sessions. Join me next week for Part 2, and every Sunday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, to hear deconstructed mixes of classic Beatle tracks, live performances, and solo compositions. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter, at ShadyBearBKLYN, and like the page on Facebook for the book I want to tell you. You can also pick it up at Amazon.com or at the website TheBeatlesIWantToTellYou.com. See you next week.